Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Hello and welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily and we are continuing our interviews in this month of January. And today I have with me Iris Sonia Moon, who's author, teacher, priestess, and witch, not necessarily in that order. And she is joining us to chat about her work in the world and her magical self. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad I could be here today on this very sunny day. Is it sunny where you are? <laughs> it is very sunny, yes. My sunny day. How about that? Yeah, it's your sunny day. It's a little foggy where I am, and I don't think we're that far apart. So, mm, no, mm, interesting. It's the microclimates. Yep. Yep. <laughs> microclimates. Here with my cats. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to talk about you know witchy stuff. I love that. I'm so glad that you're here too, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join me. So I was hoping that we could kind of talk a little bit about, I mean, you have this lovely list of things that you're doing, author, teacher, priestess, witch, like, right? So all of that are things that you're bringing into the world, but I imagine they're also just who you are. And I would yeah. love to hear a little bit more about how, how you're bringing that out. Yeah, that's a huge question. I've been very busy. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, yes, I, I want to start off by saying my pronouns are she and her. And that um, I'm on the land of the Wapo, the Southern Pomo, Coastal Miwok, and Great Rancheria folks. So I always like to present that before I kind of talk about myself. Mm -hmm. um, so, oh goodness, all of the little things that I've come up with. Um, it's sort of been, like it almost feels like I could tell a story versus sort of talk about one thing as a distinct thing and sort of how I all arrived to these places. Would that be a good way to do it? That would be perfect. Story is lovely. Great. Great. So once upon a time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've always been sort of, well, I've always been a writer. Um, you know, a lot of folks will say the thing about, oh, I've been writing since I was, you know, eight years old or whatever. And I have been. Um, and so that's always been a thing for me. And the good news is that I figured out how to do that for a living. And so that's what I do now. Um, that's my other job. Um, but where the whole story gets a little mystical is when uh, I was like, mm, yours are weird these days. So 90, I don't know, 97, 98, who knows, late 90s, mm -hmm. um, I um, was with my partner who was super into sort of new age things, and I was a recovering Catholic, and um so I sort of followed him along to sort of see what all of the stuff was. And I was part of a Native American spirituality group back in the day. Um, there was a white woman in Michigan who was tasked with sort of bringing on white folks into the turtle, into a lodge. And so I did a lot of that work for a while. Um, I did a lot of sort of like, I honestly don't remember it. And I don't want to say something that makes it sound condescending. So some other sort of uh, vaguer spiritual work. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was a little Buddhism. Uh, and then uh, I just, I found the internet and the internet said, <laughs> the internet was like, there's this wicked thing. And I was like, really? Tell me more. <laughs> and it sounded like that was what I was looking for. Um, I don't consider myself wicked now, but that was my entry point. And yeah, I sort of did that and sort of left all the other things and sort of focused there. And uh, and then very magically, I, there was this wonderful store. I used to live in the Midwest. And there was this wonderful store that doesn't exist anymore uh, that was called Rainbows and Roses. And I know, right? And like thinking day. about it now, <laughs> it's like, wow. And, which is kind of what I do now is rainbows and roses. Uh -huh. And um, this store had a flyer about this um, study group um, for women's goddess spirituality and stuff like that. And it was my first coven. That's mm -hmm. what that ended up being. So it's just like sort of this interesting like event um, of sort of 
continuously um, following my intuition and going to the next best thing in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found reclaiming because I read Spiral Dance, like so very many people did. Yes. And and then I moved out to California in 2005. And I was like, oh, these people are real. And <laughs> in Spiral Dance. Um, uh-huh. And my partner, my partner happened to go to school with somebody who was one of the organizers of California Witch Camp. And you, you might know them. It was Sephora. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I went to witch camp and was like, these people are not. And, <laughs> uh, but, but I kind of like it. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. Um, yeah. And then I started, you know, the very, like, actually at this time of the year in 2008, uh, I was trying to decide if I wanted to take an element magic class in Sebastopol uh-huh. and a rainbow jumped out of the sky right when I couldn't decide. And I was like, that seems like a fine. <laughs> sign and me up. So, <laughs> sign me up. And so, yeah. And so then I took all the classes and then um, took all the classes. I started, I was part of the North Bay Ritual Planning Cell for a really long time, North Bay, uh, California. And and then I started teaching and then I taught some more. And then I taught at a bunch of witch camps. And I taught in Australia and I taught in Canada and I taught in the UK. And, um, and then somebody was like, do you want to write some books? I was like, yeah, I would love to write some books. They're like, well, we don't have one on reclaiming. I was like, oh, that's not, that's not intimidating at all. And so I did. And it should be, I should probably clarify at some point, I'm a Sagittarius and um, Gemini moon, Gemini rising for anybody who kind of destined to write. Um, Yeah. So then I wrote and now you know, I, I'm back in the North Bay Ritual Planning South. We're doing rituals online now. And yeah, I've written three books. I have one that I'm supposed to be writing right now. Thanks for taking a break to talk to me. <laughs> I know, it's probably a little bit of procrastination. Um, I'm, I, I'm a little bit of a work under pressure sort of person. Um, yeah, so that's sort of where I've arrived in this moment. And, you know, there's lots of other things that are sort of tangential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a pretty good overview. Could you share a little bit for people who don't know what reclaiming mm-hmm. is? I mean, I know what oh, it is, and I've yes. participated and been to witch camp and all of that. But, <laughs> but a lot of folks yep. ever don't know what it is. You know, and that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book, because I went to do some research on reclaiming and things I saw online were incorrect. So uh-huh. I would love this opportunity to say something about reclaiming witchcraft. <laughs> so um, reclaiming witchcraft is a is one uh, tradition of witchcraft that was started in you know 80s ish. There are many people who would dispute what when it actually started, but basically it started. Um, Starhawk wrote the book, uh, the Spiral Dance, um, based off of what I understand to be her dissertation. Uh-huh. Um, when she was in the therapy school. And so it was sort of during a time of the reemergence of goddess spirituality and feminism and activism and uh, a lot of different uh, a lot of different movements and a lot of different um, there's a lot of cultural change and shifting happening. And so reclaiming was a bunch of folks that got together in the collective and did magic together uh, to fuel and inspire activism in the world and change. Um, and it was a collective for a really long time. And if you look online, a lot of things still refer to reclaiming as a collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not. We're a tradition now. It started as a collective. And basically... There's many different stories to be perfectly fair. There are a lot of different voices in the conversation about what actually happened. And so I will give the most uh, concise summary of this, but the best way to do is to ask elders in the tradition. 
Um, so what I would say is that Starhawk and Diane Baker started teaching classes um, for folks who were sort of in this milieu, but sort of wanted to know, hey, how do we do our own rituals? And that's where Elements of Magic came from. That's where that class came from. And so, and it's all about building ritual and building community and working with the elements. And so that's where that came from. And then of course, if you have a whole bunch of folks that have taken the same class, and they're like, well, can we, is there another one? And so <laughs> thus was born Iron Pentacle and Pearl Pentacle because Starhawk was initiated in fairy tradition by Victor and Cora Anderson. Um, so that is also a big influence in reclaiming as well. And then rites of passage, um, other classes sort of emerged. But the fact of the matter is that through all of this, reclaiming collective got so big, it actually got kind of unwieldy. Mm-hmm. And so folks got together and sort of said, hey, are there any sort of guiding principles that we can agree to? <laughs> a whole bunch of witches, I always joke, is called an argument or a conflict. And, um, but they all got together and somehow created this thing called the principles of unity. And so basically they did that so that there would be a unifying um, document, but not, not like not dogma or anything like that. But basically, if you agree to these, you're a reclaiming witch. And then they dissolved the collective and reclaiming became a tradition. So it became something bigger than the San Francisco sort of based uh, mm-hmm. thing that it was. And now there's, you know, there's groups all over the world. There's groups in Brazil, there's groups in Australia, UK, all the a whole bunch of different places, France, um, all over the place, U.S., North America. Um, so it's basically sort of like where we've been, where we've come from, and we've changed a lot. And I don't want to say too much we, because there's every reclaiming person is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the beautiful things about reclaiming. I would say that um, the principles of unity is actually currently shifting again um, to be more inclusive and to be more verbally specific about our anti-racist practices Mm -hmm. and so it's in the process right now Um, and by the time this comes out we'll be probably in conversation Um, it's supposed to it's in it's coming up so um, about how it's gonna look wow yeah I've been seeing conversations happening um, online around that and and it seems like an awful lot of work but for a very very good reason Um, yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's a lot to orchestrate when and when when something has gotten so big and and really influenced and inspired so many people who you know have then become come into the fold per se uh yeah and I think I think the work is really powerful and accessible so just just overarching reclaiming as as a whole has created a very accessible you know, format for people who are curious about witchery and <laughs> traditions. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, some of the things that I think are, um, when I, I, when I wrote Reclaiming Witchcraft, one of the things that I thought would be important um, for folks who weren't in the tradition was to sort of say, like, what's a reclaiming witch look like? Mm-hmm. And there really is no way to define that. So I did anyways, because I looked at things that I saw as being pretty common around most of the most of the folks I know and the reason why there is some similarity is because we have this thing where in reclaiming we have the idea of um, spiritual authority rooted in community so this idea that you are your own spiritual authority you're the one who knows yourself best you're the one who knows what feels right for you and we you know sort of like in the charge of the goddess we need, uh, or not the charge of the goddess, uh, in the principles of unity, where it says, we need no one else to interpret the divine for us. Uh-huh. Sure, that's pretty close. And I don't have my book next to me. Um, but yeah, so this idea of spiritual authority is something that, yes, you are in charge of your own experience. You are empowered to have your own experience. You know, not every reclaiming witch works with deity not everybody you know works with ritual in the same format all of that but rooted in community is the part where we say that also acknowledging that what you do could have an impact 
Mm-hmm. So there's a real delightful um, thing about responsibility there. Yes. And responsibility, not only to yourself, but also to community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really important part of just being human overall. I mean, yeah. that's, that's my bias. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being responsible for yourself and recognizing that the actions that you take do have an impact. Um, mm-hmm. And to bring that into your spiritual practice and an awareness around that is that has a lot of oomph behind it. It really does. It informs a lot. And it's just, it's, but it's the thing I bring up often when folks are like, well, what's reclaiming, which was like, eh. I mean, it can be a lot of things. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, I think that's so great. We have, you know, people who invoke the guardians of the watchtowers of the, you know, Easter, whatever. And then other folks who just sing a song. Mm-hmm. And that's great. There's space for all of that. And, but also, you know, it does create a lot of like swimming sort of, you know, sometimes we don't always get each other. Right. And, but I think that's part of being in any community. So I don't want to, I'm not sticking or claiming with that. No, I think it's part of, I think, I think that that is the invitation though, really is to go, I don't understand where you're coming from, but let's have a conversation about it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's bridges being built. Absolutely. And one of the things I think that one of the times where I saw this happen really specifically is that I was co-teaching a class and we did Uh, an exercise online where we sort of said one person would sort of step into the center, you know, digitally and sort of say what community meant to them or what, what, how do you define community? And, and then other people would say, oh yeah, that sounds like me too. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, anybody who came into the center, folks agreed. So it's this idea that like, even though it might present in different ways, there's a lot of similarities or at least a lot of goals and values that are uh, overlapping. Yes. Yeah. That we're a lot more alike than we are different in the whole scheme of things. Yeah. We just might not all use the same words. Right. mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that. That was a really good overview. Um, And hopefully for folks listening, um, it gives them some insight into reclaiming and but also your role in it because obviously this has become a big part of your life yeah this is uh I call this my other full-time job and which is great and that sounds sort of you know pretty like sarcastic and it is but it's also true you know it's uh this is a part of my life that it served me so much mm-hmm. and that the ability for me to give back is a gift. I mean, within reason, but um, I, yeah, I, I am, I have been very lucky um, to, I mean, honestly, to be in a position of a bit of privilege too, that I can take these classes and I have had space to teach and I have had these things too. I want to acknowledge that it's not as simple as, um there's there's layers there's a lot of a lot of things um and uh this is a place that has helped me I, I tell folks that you know why reclaiming well because it's home mm-hmm. and the very first witch camp I was at and the very first ritual I was in I can still remember and I it was just and I can't explain it. Um, and it's for me, like I'm an initiate in the tradition. So I, I often call that um, being married to the tradition, uh-huh. which means that there can be complications along the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I think we'd be why I think anybody who says they've never had a conflict within their spirituality uh, is not telling the whole story. <laughs> Well, and I think that that also translates into not just interpersonal relationships within a spiritual path, but also your personal relationship with that spiritual path. There's there's both happening when you're working your spirituality within a community. Absolutely. Um, and there's it, we're always growing and changing. That's part of being I human. Hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Totally. Right? 
But with that comes some conflict because <laughs> kind of outgrow it. It's like slithering out of your skin, right? You got to itch it off on the rock. <laughs> and sometimes that hurts a little. <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes you have to go take a break for a minute, yes. get, get your get composed and then come back. <laughs> and sometimes you need to leave for a little bit longer so you can miss it and go, wait, okay, that is still important to me. And yes, yes people, I, I have been through those phases and and I keep coming back uh, because because of community, because of the way in which I feel like I'm embraced for who I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know within my coven, we often joke about how we're married to each other. And it's like, well, we're lifers. I guess we're in it to win it. We're going to have to work this through, even though it's really hard and it sucks. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you know then comes the like oh but I love you guys Mm -hmm. oh my goodness I can't I'm already thinking of the first time we all get to see each other again yeah cuddle parties I think that's, oh my gosh. you know, the moment that we can all actually come together with our communities, it's just going to be a massive cuddle fest and a lot of crying and hysterical laughter and like all the things. <laughs> it's going to be a, a sob fest, sweaty, yeah. tears staining. Yeah, yep. it's going to be a thing. Yep. <laughs> it's almost like we're going to need to like set aside a week or two just to have that experience so that we can move through it and like all the grief and all the joy and all the feelings. And then we can kind of recover from that. <laughs> I keep, I keep uh, planting the seed whenever I talk to folks about, you know, the first class that's taught in on like in person again, or the first uh-huh. camp that's taught in person again. I was like, no underworld stories. Yeah. We have been there. We do. We need the Aphrodite cuddle fest, healing waters, mm-hmm. something that is shadow work. Yes. We can. We take a break for a minute. Yes, because we've all been hanging in those shadows for this whole year. Just like, oh, let me dive a little deeper here, a little deeper. <laughs> I know. And alone, just yes. be with people again. You know. I mean. Thank goodness for technology and thank goodness for witches who are brilliant and the fact that we can do ritual online. And it's not that, I mean, it's pretty, pretty good. (laughs) And I was not convinced in the beginning, but okay, I, I see it now. So yeah, the connection can still happen. It just doesn't land the same in the body. Mm, I could, I, I've actually felt that too. There's just a couple things we haven't figured out how to do yet. Yeah. And that I think is tricky, but I can now, I really feel like I can now sense people and sense where they're at, which is a big part of my priestessing and teaching is being able to tap into folks. And I imagine with you in therapy, but it's sort of like, you know, sometimes on a screen, it's weird, but as I've sort of gotten used to it, like, oh, I can kind of tell if this is going the way that we want it to. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think also when you have the experience outside of the screen of watching people's body language and the way they respond, that you do pick up on those cues when you can see them. Um, Mm -hmm. When it's all just audio, it's a little bit more challenging. You know, like all y'all who are listening right now, you're missing all of our cool movements. But (laughs) I make a lot of faces. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> oh, but, you know, when you have that experience of, of seeing people in real time and knowing how to teach in that way, I think that there, once you kind of get through the learning curve, there is that mm-hmm. ability to still connect and to still see what's happening and energetically, how is this flowing and how do you feel to me? Yeah. I just got distracted by my cat. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to reel These myself back in here. <laughs> Yeah, your cat is very good just sitting in your lap this whole time. Mine have been making the rounds and attacking each other and, you know, vying for the spot by the window. Right. They were doing that before right. I got on this. So I've tried to introduce them to other rooms of the house. And so they have more freedom. And so they've been really interested and sort of engaged away from me. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> this, one's a, this one's a cuddle, so. How many cats do you have? Two. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I got them in July. So they're, they're babies. Yeah, that is a baby. <laughs> well, well, they're, they're nine months. Nine, eight, they're eight months. They'll be nine months in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but they still have that wild kittenness to them at that age. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, do. they do. They do. So cute. Yeah, I know. Folks can't see it. <laughs> find, find me on Facebook. You will see lots and lots of cats. Cat photos. Yes. <laughs> I have seven cats. It's mm-hmm. quite the household. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> we don't even need TV. We can just watch No. Cats. Yeah. I'll just do that. Let's get the red dot out. Hours of entertainment. It really is. My other cats never used to play. These these guys play. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so coming back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, if we must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could talk about animals all day long. No problem. No, right. Me too. Yeah. Um. It sounds like at this point your work in the world really is tethered to your spiritual practice. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, even the work that I do that isn't directly reclaiming related or witchcraft related is really about helping folks understand their value and understand their story Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, I write resumes and that's actually the way that I hold it is I'm helping folks like really like birth their story and see their value. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a job. That's a really cool job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it for a while. So, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's really, I mean, I'm talking to people a lot and I'm sort of saying, you know, they're going through a lot of personal crises about, you know, am I valuable? Like, do I have enough? And I'm sitting there trying to be their ally and saying, you know, um, here's what I see. And here's what I think we should talk about. Can you say more about that? And things like that. Yeah. So I think it does actually flow with everything else I do. Um, and I was a ghostwriter for a very long time. And so I've written books before, but just not with my name on them. So, oh, wow. Um, so you really have been writing for a long time and you're, you've done it in a lot of different ways. I have. Yes. I, my, I always say that my greatest magical spell is actually my writing career because I, uh, it, back in May of 2005, right before I moved out here, I didn't know I was moving out here at this point, at that point. Um, I walked out of a job, just left. I, I just was, I was working for this um, incredibly misogynistic position mm-hmm. and I was over it. And so I, uh, I quit and <laughs> let my uh, husband know when I was driving home and uh, decided I was going to write. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, this is what you need to make in order to pay your bills. This is what you need to do. And within, within a week, I had my first writing job. And then a, either a week or two later, I was hired on by somebody who found me um, and who is in the UK. And then I wrote for her forever. And then somebody was like, hey, do you have to write resumes? I was like, oh, yeah. And I had never written one before. And I'm a person who just sort of like, sure. And then I get feedback and then I learn from it and then I keep going. Mm-hmm. And so I just. So I've been writing for myself for that's like 15 years now. So I consider it my greatest magical, it's my, it's my spell. Um, I just pretended like it's going to work and it did. And then it did. Mm-hmm. The intention was there Absolutely. and the action. I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I worked really hard. Yes, Let's just yes. be clear here that there was not, there was not like lighting a candle and then money just came flying in. Right. That would be great, but I have not figured that one out yet. Me neither. So. that'd be great please sign me up for that class yeah no I think the candle is just the guiding light but then you still have to do the work to back it up (laughs) right right and that actually hilariously um I forgot like that part of my story at one point I always forget this so I actually found witchcraft not only through the internet but also through college Uh uh-huh I um I was trying to get out of school early 
uh, because I was really done with going to school. And so I took a whole bunch of summer classes. And one of the summer classes was European witchcraft and magic. Aha. And it was super fascinating. And like right now, I can't remember like where that fits into everything, but it was 90, it was around the same years because I graduated from college in 99. And yeah, so then the last class they had, I kid you not, a witch. And I don't know if they said warlock or I don't remember now, but there was a couple that was like the priest and high priestess of their coven. Uh And they came in and told us stories and gave us a spell to help us with studying and that was just amazing to me <laughs> it's like that I also remember very vividly that I had a headache that day of class and then when they were there and after they left I didn't and for some reason I attached a lot of significance to that um yeah that's the other part I just it was strange I was like in this what a what a class to take I was like it's going to be easy I actually didn't do that well when I did okay but but it left an impression it really did yeah I mean it was you know all malleus malleus of car and all of that so yeah that's so funny so I have to tell you that what the way I found my way to my first reclaiming ritual was through a college class uh <laughs> That's awesome. I know. Is this, this this one that Star taught at some point or what was what class? No, it was a comparative religion class. And my group project was to, we all had to pick a religion and we picked witchcraft. And one of my girlfriends um, who, who actually has co-hosted this podcast with me, um, she, she was really involved with reclaiming at the time. And she was, and we had to go to like some type of, you know, ceremony for whatever religion we picked. And so we went to Samhain as a group and it was crazy and powerful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I just, I, I just came home. Like I just found, I found my people. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know other mm-hmm. people thought this way. This is amazing. So yeah. it was, it was really powerful, but I just think it's funny that you're sharing this story and I'm like, oh, college, me too, me too. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Yeah, I just all of a sudden jumped into my head. So I was like, I need to say yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, college. It's so transformative. It is. It is in ways you never imagined. <laughs> no, not at all, honestly. But it clearly made an impression for you and, and you carried that. So did you use that spell that they offered? I'm trying to remember if we did. I was living with one of my friends back then and she was in the class too and she did better than me. And uh, I feel like we may have. I guess I can't like I here's why I can't remember is because I'm like I was a broke college student did I go out and buy a candle Uh (laughs) uh-huh it was very precious yeah spend the money in that way (laughs) right or did I already at that point become a reclaimer and just say well a white one will be fine yeah no it's just that sounds like me honestly yeah it's been a minute it's been 20 odd years yeah, that's, it's fair. I, I won't hold you to that memory. <laughs> I'm sure if I asked my friend, she'd remember, but I will. <laughs> well, you've probably done your fair share of spells since then. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah mm-hmm. just a few. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, well, just tell us which books that you've written personally that your name is on. <laughs> yes, I can totally do that. Um, so last year, so I always preface things with stories, um, last year in 2019, oh my heavens, um, I wrote three books. And so the publishing cycle is that it takes a year for them to come out. And so I had three books come out this year. And, um, so in, In uh, June of 2020, Reclaiming Witchcraft came out, and that is, um, it's one of the pagan portal books through Moon Books, and they do a lot of things on different traditions and all of that, 
And the book, basically, my goal, after they asked me to write it, I said, well, I want to cover things that aren't in spiral dance. And so what I did is I um, talked about things that you wouldn't, you wouldn't learn about unless you were, you'd taken a few core classes. Mm -hmm. And to me, I wanted folks to sort of know like the structure um, about witch camps, um, just about a whole bunch of different things. I think I covered like the history and principles of unity and the core classes because there's been more core classes since Spiral Dance. It's been a minute since Spiral Dance has had an update. Yes. And so a lot of things have changed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted folks to sort of be more in the present moment. Um, so a lot of structures, here's what rituals look like, things like that. Um, so kind of, I think the, the description is the basic tenets of reclaiming. I don't know if I'd use that word again, but I think that it's like the things that are important for you to know going in, if this is something you want to, you know, really get into. Mm -hmm. Or you just have questions. This will probably answer a lot of them. Nice. So that's the first one I wrote. And then I wrote another pagan portal book through Boon Books uh, and it's called Aphrodite, Encountering the Goddess of Love and Beauty and Initiation. And they didn't have a book on Aphrodite. And so I said, hey, I'd like to do that. And um, so it's, it's about Aphrodite, uh, obviously. <laughs> but for me, it's less about sort of um, the historical academic interpretation of Aphrodite as uh, a being or a like a, a, like a static object, and more as here here is here is my relationship to Aphrodite. Here's how you could cultivate one too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm less about sort of telling folks what to do. And I'm more about inviting folks into exploring their own relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I offer a lot of things like that, a lot of magical practices, a lot of my interpretation of Aphrodite and my annoyance at the way the patriarchy has sort of presented her. And, um, and also, you know, I, I start off right, I think right from the beginning with, I never wanted to work with her because mm -hmm. I thought she was like a Barbie doll, sort of um, fluffy, superficial, all of that. And then I had a series of experiences that were, uh, that told me I needed to anyway. And, and then I realized that Aphrodite and this whole idea, you know, there's a lot of facets, but this whole idea of self-love it's probably the hardest work you would ever have to do. So why I ever thought that she would be soft and simple and all of that. Yes, she is that. And confronting your own um, challenges around accepting you uh, and opening your heart. That's, that's it. initiatory work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I feel like I just saw something about you teaching a class on Aphrodite. Is that happening? Accurate. Yes. So uh, starting on February 13th, I'm teaching uh, a monthly, well, it's every four weeks. There's a reason for that. Every four weeks, an online class for a couple of hours. And we are going to be sort of using the book that I wrote slash I tend to teach very um, spontaneously spontaneously so sometimes stuff will just come up and that's what we're going to do um but so yeah so we're going to do that um definitely on my website registration is open and all that and because this is the first time i've ever taught this class i'm offering it by love donation so there's a suggested donation and i love hanging out with aphrodite so it doesn't feel like <laughs> it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun so yeah, so we're going to do that. Um, the reason why I say that every four weeks is on purpose is because, A, I wanted to have it about once a month. Mm -hmm. But um, there's also a huge celebration for her that happens between 
July, August, and our last class is right at the end of August or July. Oh, okay. So I wanted to time it. So that actually worked out perfectly. So we'll have some sort of jubilation. <laughs> I have no idea. I never plan things ahead of time. So you got the date in there. And that's the important part. As long as it's on the calendar, something will happen. It is, it is locked off. Things are going to happen. There's a Zoom room. We'll be good. So. <laughs> so yeah so yeah that's coming up I'm super excited about that I do already know what the first class is going to look like so that's fun um, uh, yeah and then the last book I wrote was uh, the last book I have another one in the works the is, most recent uh, book you wrote most recent book it's been a blur this year for so very many reasons and uh, yeah so this is actually part of a series that Moon Books is doing. I do, I've written all my books with Moon Books. They, I got into a relationship with them because I was writing pieces for their anthologies and then they asked me to write a blog and then they're like, hey, do you wanna write a book? And so, uh, that's sort of the shorthand of that. Um, so the series is called Practically Pagan. Mm -hmm. And what it is meant to do is to sort of, I don't wanna, how would I phrase this? It is not heavy-handed witchcraft. That's a kind way to say that. And so it's, it's spiritual and meant to be a way of introducing readers who might be interested in sort of like the magical spiritual sort of thing, but not, not in a, like I said, I think heavy-handed, I think is the best way to say it. It's mm -hmm. sort of a gentle, but not simple way. Anyways, this makes more sense when I talk about my book, at least. So I haven't read everybody else's books. Um, there's a whole bunch of other folks who have written for this series, Rachel Patterson. Um, of course, everyone else's, I'm going to blank. Uh, but other folks have too, about um, gardening and uh, kitchen cooking. That's one of them. I don't cook, so that's why I don't remember that one um so my book is on it's an alternative guide to health and well-being huh. and i find it hilarious that i wrote that a year ago and here we are in this very strange world uh i wrote it last i finished it last november in november of 2019 and this year it came out on my birthday on november 27th uh 2000 and the book is my desire to encourage folks to take care of themselves, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. It is not a, here's the diet plan, here's how much you should exercise, nothing like that. I do not, it is not a priority for me. Um, this is not about looks, this is about listening to your body and what truly nourishes you. Mm -hmm. Speaking from a very personal experience of not always knowing that, and even more so not necessarily being willing to give it to myself. Yes. So I often say that this book is about, if you need permission to do this, let this be the permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we talk about resilience and we talk about, I talk about self-care, but I also say that self-care is uh, problematic, like at least the way it's presented a lot of mm -hmm. times. Uh, I've tried to focus on nourishing. Mm -hmm. How can you nourish yourself? How can you listen to yourself? How can you listen to what's right for you? Because I can't tell you what's right for you. Right. I can't, you know, I've, and I don't want to. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of that. And then at the end, I sort of move into a couple of magical practices and things like that that are pretty uh, simple. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can dive in as you like. There's some meditations in the book. And there are some examples of charts you can use to sort of track <clears throat> track what's working for you and what isn't you know I'm a writer so what I do I do a lot of writing about stuff so that 
will often come into my writing and my my offerings to other folks. Yes. Um, yeah, so that, I really, and that book's twice as big as the other books. So it has a lot of information in it. Awesome. Where can people find these books? There are a lot of places you can find these books. I think the, the tagline for most folks is like anywhere fine books are sold. Okay. But if, but I do have some that I can autograph and stuff. And I have sent them to far reaches of the world. <laughs> so I do know how to do it. And we can chat about that. But that's on my website, um, irisanya.com. There are ways to get to different places or through Instagram or messaging me or whatever. We'll work it out. Um, oh, or if you don't want to do that whole thing, I have a bookshop.org uh, book, uh, shop. So that they, so if you go on those sites, what they do is they order it through your local booksellers so you can support local bookshops as nice. opposed to the other names that I have not mentioned. Yes, perfect. <laughs> so, and, and for anyone listening, just check out the um, the description of this podcast and I will have Arisanya's information in there so that you will be able to uh, track her down easily. <laughs> Thank, my name's pretty easy to find online. So right. uh, that's right, very helpful. That. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of me so far. Yes. Knock on wood. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. Yeah, but other, I would just say like there's one thing about the other book too is I do talk about trauma. I, I, have, an, I have history with that. I'm, I'm not a therapist. Uh, I'm married to one, so I kind of have, I've, ha- I've had a lot of training by osmosis, but I've done a lot of you know, my own personal work around that. So I touch upon that and just as a starting point, you know, this, if this sounds familiar to you, this might be something to look at um, with a, a qualified therapist. And there are ways to also, you know, try start with yourself, but yeah. you know, the, pers- the professionals are also there. And if you're feeling like crap right now, you're not alone. Right. And a lot of people's stuff is up and yeah, I just I just want folks to take care of their hearts. You know, I'm I work with Aphrodite. Like the whole self care thing is a huge thing for me. And um, my next book is uh, about Ira. Uh-huh. There are no books about Ira. Is that and the one you're working you're working on right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, about a year. Well, it depends when I finish it, but. <laughs> But somewhere in that vicinity, about a year out. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm hoping people can order it by the holidays next year. That's my goal. So that seems reasonable, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, you have a whole other conversation about how I write, but I'm not going to do that right now. (laughs) That's a different podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Well, um, before we wrap things up, I just want to check in and find out if there's any other classes that you're teaching in case people are wanting to get, you know, a little more, get their foot in the door. Yeah. So I teach all the time. And so um, at least uh, that seems to be what I've done. I, with all the online, it's actually, I'm so grateful for the accessibility that that brings to teaching mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm situated in one place and I've gotten to meet folks that I probably wouldn't have met. Yes. And, and I try to also schedule around time zones and things like that to sort of try to remember folks' things. Um, anyway, so classes that are coming up, the Aphrodite and Love Spells for the Tired Heart. Um, yeah, that starts February 13th and it's seven sessions every four weeks. The next one is called, we just named it. So I'm going to stop for a minute and remember what it is. <laughs> Rooted, Resilient, Radiant. Um, that is with me and Ava Litauer. And she uh, is of SF Hypnotherapy and Reiki. She and I are actually, she helped me edit that, the book I just released. Okay. So we're actually going to teach out of that book. And oh, nice. Some of those practices. 
and and using her skills as a hypnotherapist and all of that. I would imagine we haven't not planned yet, but it's three Sundays in March. Okay. And I believe, yeah, I I just cannot remember. Uh, March seems so far away, and yet it is so not. March is. Seven, so the 7th, 14th, and 21st for just a couple of hours each time. Okay. All online still. Um, wherever you are in the world. You can wherever you are in the world. We have tried to find a time that's been, that will work for the EU mm-hmm. and for North America. And Australia is tricky. So yes. I have other classes that we're trying to figure out um, for that. And... Those are the ones that are most uh, that are coming up, but there's also a couple that I'm just going to mention. They're, they don't have titles yet, but they are on my calendar. Uh, you, Daniel, and I are going to be teaching a class on grief and death uh-huh. starting in March. Oh, also in March? Mm-hmm. Yes, because that seems to be the month when I always start things. So, um, okay. Don't know why. It's just true. Spring, maybe? I, usually, I, I try to take January's off. Yeah. So I, and then I couldn't not start Aphrodite near Valentine's Day. Yeah, it seems perfect. Seems kind of perfect. So that's, yeah, you and I are going to do that. And she's like, she's training to be a death worker. And um, I have wanted to teach something in Greece for a while. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of experience with that. Yeah. Um, And then there's another class I'm going to teach that's going to be about story and um, with Georgie. And we're going to teach something on Psyche and Arrows. Ooh. And that's in May. That's a lot of really rich stuff coming up. Yes. And you will notice, though, if anybody is actually keeping tabs of this, there is no reclaiming work in there. (laughs) I'm taking the first six months of this year off of reclaiming. Okay. I will be back in after June. But for now, you're working on your own stuff. Yeah. I have these books. And I said, oh, I can teach classes on these books. Wait, why don't we try that for a second? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah, yeah, just a little restorative. I've been, I've been teaching since 2010 in reclaiming. So. Well, I think it's what kind of what you were saying earlier about sometimes it's good to step back and take a break. And then you, when you do step back in, it, it usually is with a different lens because your exactly. lens has shifted in that time. So exactly. I, I think it's always good to step back from things that you're doing because you get to have a different relationship with them afterward. Oh, absolutely. I think that because it is so far out of my, my experience or my willingness to do that, that I still feel apologetic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still sit here and go, I'm sorry, I'm not, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I taught 12 classes this year and I'm like, I just need uh, a minute. Yeah. So. But there's plenty more coming. Don't, I'm not, not teaching. <laughs> Well, no, and what you are teaching, I mean, there's plenty coming down the pike that you are teaching, it sounds like, so it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's more, and if folks are into writing, I'm going to probably teach two writing classes this year, too, if not more, because there were a couple classes we taught last year, or that I taught with other folks last year, that went really well, and we really like them, so we want to keep doing them. So. Oh, that'll be fun. I, I'm going to sign up for one of those, because I love to write, and I love somebody telling me to write, because otherwise I'm like, oh, I got other things I got to do right now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, funny enough, and I, I didn't mention this before, but I am starting a new moon newsletter that will sort of list all of this stuff. So, oh, great. So I'll just, because I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to be on social media all the time. Right. The Facebook event. So, but it's also the way of it. So I've started, a, I've started a newsletter. Folks can sign up on my website and get all the goods on new moon-ish. Fabulous. Yeah. Thought I'd get organized this year. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. And it definitely allows people to keep up with you in a different way. Because so much does get lost in social media too. Oh, yes. And quite frankly, you know, it'd be nice to not be on there all the time. And um Yeah. You got other things. You got some books to write. Or at least I, one. Yeah, at least one. <laughs> yeah, I have one. And then I've got and just to be I have other book other anthology pieces coming out, but I honestly don't know when. They're coming out this year. There's because I write stuff like a year out, a year or two out, and then it comes out, and then I didn't know it was coming. So. Right. So 
there's another anthology coming out in uh, January that I do know. It's kind of exciting. It's like it's like a surprise. You're like, oh, it is actually like re- it it's, it's that past self thing that we were talking about before we were recording. We were talking about right. past and future self, and, <laughs> and this is like a little a little visit from your past self showing up kind of unexpectedly. We're like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually it's coming up in a very interesting time. This one too. So I'm very curious about. We we wrote this anthology in Moonbook about. Uh, like just you know things about our book and so it gave me an opportunity because the reclaiming book is already slightly out of date because we already changed part of the principles of unity uh-huh. yeah or like we're really close to changing it and so funny enough in this anthology I actually wrote about some stuff that I wish I would have included because it was already too late at that right. point so just like a little update it is. <laughs> it's coming out at about the same time that Birch is happening. And for folks who don't know what Birch is, it's okay. We don't really know what it is a lot of the time, but it is it is uh, a convening group in which we're making big decisions for all of the claiming. Uh-huh. Um, it's just been reformatted, so I feel okay about saying that I'm not quite sure how to describe it at this moment, but that's the quickest way. Okay. So that's coming out around the same time that you guys are coming together. Mm-hmm. Magic. Okay. Well, then there'll be like another piece next year reflecting that. Probably, <laughs> most likely. There is just, there's reflection upon reflection. Great. I mean, I think that's fantastic. We call ourselves an ever evolving tradition and yes, we are. Yes, totally. <laughs> Well, I want to just thank you as we wrap things up here. Thank you again for taking this time to to spend with me and and to share about all the things that you're doing and all the magic that you're bringing into the world and and how you kind of came to be doing these things also, which I think is important. I think, you know, when I when I set up this kind of series about chatting with women who are doing their witchy thing in the world, part of that was to really inspire and encourage all the listeners out there to really follow their path and their magic, because it is such a beautiful thing when you tap into what's happening for, I call it the river of spirit, right? Like I know when I'm in the river of spirit, because things just start lining up and I'm like, all right, we're following this path now, I guess, right? This is where I'm supposed to be going. And, um, and really the story that you've told today about your own journey has reflected that. And then, oh, I'm following. Oh, and now this is coming up and I'm following this. And now I'm going to do this thing. And all of a sudden these opportunities start arising. Mm -hmm. So I just, I want to thank you and I appreciate your story and value it. And I imagine that other people out there will also find value in that and, and hopefully feel inspired to follow their own path. That is really my goal in a lot of things. Yeah. I want to, I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to help create a safe container in which you can find out what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the only other thing I would offer is that one of my biggest takeaways and all of the work that I bring to folks is the ongoing message of that you're not alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you definitely have a safe place at least in, in this moment when we're all together yes. and to hold on to that yeah I think that's really important especially during these times you know that we're not we're not alone it can feel really lonely but we're not alone yeah mm-hmm. thank you for that mm-hmm And for anyone interested in following up on any of these lovely things that you've brought into the world, um, again, check the check in the description of this podcast and I will have all of Iris Sonia's information in there. So you know how to find her. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) This is fun. We should do it again. We should do it again. Next time we'll talk about writing. See, we're going to do that. We're going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, then until next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to The Witch Next Door. You can help others find us by subscribing to and rating this podcast. If you're interested in supporting this work, you can do so through the anchor support link in our description. And if you're ready to dive a little deeper, hop on over to wisewomanwitchery.com 
and check out the Wise Woman Witchery Diving Deeper monthly membership group. The details and sign-up link are available there. And remember, you are magic. Embrace it. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius. <laughs>